The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is God's word. Thank you, Thanks, Melinda. Well, I will tell you, for the last couple of weeks, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how you tie these three elements together. These elements of baptism and communion and Advent. And I kept thinking about it and kept praying about it and kept wondering about it until finally, sitting there in the hospital last Thursday with Candace as Stan was going through his surgery. And suddenly without any expectation, Steve and Jean Rummel walk into the room. And there they were, obviously packing enough to spend the whole day, if necessary. And suddenly it hit. Those two words, unexpected surprise. Unexpected surprise. The singular scripture reading that Melinda just read comes out of the prophet Jeremiah. And just a reminder that this was a time, written in a time where, where those living in that land had just been conquered. They had no expectations for hope at all. They were ready to be moved out and lose land, in many cases family, home, temple, even they thought, God. And here was Jeremiah, who, in a time of hope, at least he thought it might be a time of hope, or hopelessness, what he does, what does this guy do? He buys a vineyard. He buys a vineyard. What kind of idiot buys a vineyard in a time of exile? I mean, think about it. What kind of idiot indeed? But the kind of idiot if you will, who doesn't just take in what is, but who also believes in potentially what is to come. I will, I will never forget sitting in your living room. It's now been almost 14 months ago. And there we were sitting in the living room and, and you pulled out all the stuff that, that, <laughs> that you were going to send off for a potential adoption. I'm going to cry a bit. <laughs> and then we got, then the computer came out. Because what happens in the adoption, particularly for this agency, was, was you send a video, a video of yourselves for a potential, you know, for the potential mom. Now, you know, Shannon and Tom are not normal. <laughs> Do I hear an amen? I thought I heard an amen in the conversation. And so, you know, normally you would create this video with beautiful words, and there you are explaining about how wonderful you are and, and, and showing things like that. Not these two. What these two do is they, ha they capture these individual shots, like and, they, and they hold up signs, smiling. Just signs. No words, just some lilting music in the background. For instance, a picture of their home and... The sign that says, 
this is where you would live. Or one of my favorites was, was you all standing on this bridge somewhere in the Cascades. It was the Cascades. Close. <laughs> this is where we live. And then this panoramic, beautiful view of the, the hills and the trees and the beauty that is the Pacific Northwest. And unbeknownst to them, a young woman, almost ready to give birth, who then saw this in Texas and knew something was stirring in her heart as she watched this video and suddenly realized, this is where I want my baby to live. It just takes your breath away. And what you have are unexpected surprises on all sides of this. It was absolutely beautiful. And, and then, there on that day, this incredible day, a year ago, today, a year ago today, that Tom and Shannon got that other unexpected surprise of being able to be there at the birth of their son. And then came the name. Isaac. Now I tested first service on this. Let me test you. What is I don't you I'll answer. <laughs> don't you answer either. <laughs> what does Isaac mean? He laughs. He laughs. Now why would a child be named he laughs? Well, I want to remind you a little bit about the story of Isaac. That these Abraham and Sarah are so old. They're how old are they, Pastor Brown? They are 90s, in their 90s, and some would say 99 years old. And I want you to just imagine yourself at 99 years old, <laughs> if you can get there. And, and spouses, wives, imagine your husband coming to you and saying, Well, honey, <laughs> you're going to give birth. <laughs> There's the reaction, right? <laughs> you're kidding, right? <laughs> no. But then that wasn't all. So, so she does give birth to this miracle child at 99 years old. And at the birth, the story talks about Abraham and the laughter that ensues from him. And it's the laughter that, that defines this child. And even through some of the most difficult circumstances, there was a centering in this young man. And the realization that it was through this young man that the promise to Abraham, this covenant to Abraham would be fulfilled. That he was the first of the many, so many that it would fit the sands of the sea or the stars of the sky. What a phenomenal story. And here we have Isaac, who in an amazing way helps light the ambet candle this morning. Totally unplanned. That was wonderful. Friends, unexpected surprises are around us every day. I just I wrote a list of some of the ones that, that maybe we don't recognize as often as we might. I said it earlier, a smile of someone in the grocery store on a day where you're struggling with humanity. <coughs> a package or a check that arrives when you had totally forgotten you'd either order it or find out that it was coming. There are those times when our children say something or do something that literally takes our breath away, totally out of the blue and totally unexpected. 
or when a wonderful couple suddenly appears in the waiting room of a Seattle hospital simply to support struggling friends. This season is supposed to be filled with expectations centered on an upcoming unexpected surprise, and yet we know so much of the story. And yet what I want to recall is that that story comes from a book that is filled with those kinds of unexpected surprises. The youngest of a large family, the youngest and the smallest, and to some extent the most obscure who is anointed by God to become the greatest king that Israel has ever known. Or a woman who is lifted out of her own station, her place in the world, and becomes the definition of wisdom and judgment and truth in a time where that was so needed and necessary. Or we can even come to what's coming in a few weeks. Remember that kingdoms surround this time when Jesus was to be born. Kingdoms of the temple, ruling with an iron hand and to a great extent taking advantage of their own people. The kingdom of Rome, which was so violent on so many levels. Kingdom after kingdom after kingdom, and yet what we hear is one is to come. The prophet Jeremiah, as you heard this morning, says, yeah, but there will come a different unexpected surprise. A different kind of king. Totally different than anything we have ever seen before. And so we set our hearts expectantly toward what is to come. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The challenge of this time, and particularly this time of year, is that we all too often forget that the deeper unexpected surprises, believe it or not, can't be found in a mall. I walked them all yesterday and realized why I don't like to walk mall, <laughs> especially this time of year. But they can't be found online either. As convenient as that may be, that's not the kind of surprise you're dealing with. That's not where these unexpected surprises are found. The more important unexpected surprises don't even end up under a Christmas tree. We think they do, but they don't. They aren't things we can even necessarily touch. They are the unexpected embraces from a sibling with whom we struggle. They are in the note that asks forgiveness for something long ago forgotten. They're in the phone call, not a text or an email, and maybe not even a phone call, but looking into each other's eyes. And the knowledge, because of the conversation, that that person cares deeply for us. It's in a simple burger or even beer with a friend and the realization that he or she is like a brother or sister you never had. It's found in the healing that happens no matter the struggle that brings tear to your eyes. It's found in a baby, a gift of God. And I'm not talking about the one born in a manger in Bethlehem, although that works as well. But one born in a Texas hospital. The Texas Hospital. 
that changes the lives of an entire family. And again, it's found in a couple that shows up in a hospital and spend the day simply to say without words, we love you. And it's found here, and here, and here, and here. But the love of God can be found in the simplest of elements, bread and juice, candles and water. And they remind us that everything I just lifted up are what Jesus did and exactly what he expects us to do with each other and exactly what he expects us to do for you and for Tom and for Isaac and for your family for each other and for the world. As we prepare for the baptism this morning, I want to remind us that this represents love that is found in water and even in oil. He will be anointed with oil this morning. And the words that are spoken are our commitment that our lives will continue to touch and support his and yours. And this baby boy this one-year-old today young boy will become a part of something so much bigger, so much a bigger family, a family that moves through this church into the community and on into the world and really to a great extent through all time and reminds us and this family reminds you that you will never be alone. That's what today is about. That's what the church is about. It's about all of this. All of this. And that's what this season is about. Unexpected, beautiful, life-changing, loving surprises. Will you pray with me? God of all creation, we come into this time so thankful for the surprises that fill this church and each of us. Help us not forget that the surprise that we will celebrate at the end of this month is a simple reminder of your love for us. And as that child grew and became a man and lived and taught and healed and loved, he becomes the example of how we are to live our lives. In simplicity, not in complexity. In loving, not in manipulating. In embracing all and never in rejection. So guide us as we prepare now for this time of baptism and communion. All this in Christ's name. Amen.